ha happy February 20... Uh, First. Wait. No, that was Friday. Oh. It's 22nd. That's today. Yes. But it comes out tomorrow. Happy 23rd. But people won't download it to Monday. 24th. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you doing, audience? We'll wait. We're glad to hear that. All right, fantastic. It's good. What are we drinking, champ? Uh, you know what? We're drinking. We are drinking. A, we're drinking beer. We are a form of beer. We're drinking root beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we, we've talked about Whippersnappers root beer before, right? We, I like, believe, we mentioned it in passing. So they've canned it. They ah, put it in the cans because I had it. Yeah, I had it last month uh, off of the draft, and it was fucking delicious. It is delicious. Yeah. It's like just four ingredients: cane sugar. Uh, sarsaparilla, sarsaparilla, sassafras, and uh, oats. oats. Yeah, so it's super simple. It has this nice, like, amber color to it. It's like um, almost like it looks kind of like apple juice. Yeah, it would, it would kind of look or like or dehydrated a piss. Mm. Let's drink our cup mm. of dehydrated mm. piss. Oh. No, but it's super tasty. And, of course, we have shows there uh, in March coming up. Yeah. And their continued support. We've, I brought them a stage. Yeah, yeah, you know they've they've also they've changed their beer board. That's good. So it's all the posters of their beers oh, that they've got cool. on tap um, nice. because they they cycle them through, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. There's so, a big turnover for them. So yeah, yeah. this is this is the twenty second. You're we're twenty two days of no drinking in February. That's yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, yeah. I have enjoyed it. I've actually enjoyed it. Um, um, on stage, mostly. Okay. Because um, normally I would have... I know you have a couple drinks when you get on stage. I, and normally I have one before it as well, or two. And, like, I've kind of noticed that I'm okay without it. It's just a, more of a good reaction, a cleaner cleaner stage high. Would that be... Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I usually... It depends on, like, where I am on the, on the show. Yeah. But, like, fair. I usually have a beer before. Uh -huh. And then I have a beer on stage. And the reason I have a beer on stage is because... I talk fast, and right. I know that that's an issue. So sometimes having that beer allows me to take a breath. Yeah, and it, it slows me down just in general, just to be like, all right, I'm gonna like pause, and I've I've written some drink breaks into yeah, my set. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, depending on the length of my set, if I'm anything under ten minutes, though, I usually don't bring a drink up with me. Mm. If I'm like short middling or middling, yeah, I, then I bring something up with me for the pause and the flow. It's a di yeah, it's a different writing. I don't know. I always and I always feel like it's nice to have something in my hand because I never know what to do with my hands. Yeah, because grabbing your penis on stage is very awkward. Yeah, yeah. Louis C.K. fucked that up for men everywhere. Fucking Louis C.K. I'm only joking, men. Don't do that. We already had kind of. We, we maybe we'll, ragged we'll have we'll have the dick docs ad play in this one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally. Well, it's been good. Uh, been a good couple of days here. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Bringing alcohol back in my life. It'll be uh, not let, let the floodgates open, but uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, coming back gradually. Yeah, well, not, it's going to be gradual. I'm, I'm going to be breaking on the 29th. Okay. Is weird. There's uh there's like a little family supper and and well it's a Saturday right yeah it's a Saturday it'll have been four weeks and you know when we have these little family dinners I like to have a couple glasses of wine yeah so. there's, a, there's a big test for me uh, actually tomorrow of going to uh, stepmom's place okay and usually I do not refrain there but you know I'm also driving so that's a you know bonus thing I can be like yeah that's good and I can just. 
get out of there earlier. Is that a new ring, or have I just not noticed it? No, that's my uh, that's my ring that uh, was handed down. Actually, this ring was given to my dad from my grandmother. Okay. After Gord passed, my great my grandfather died. Okay. So this is my my grandfather's ring. That he got married to with my grandmother. Okay, so it was your grandpa's wedding ring. Grandpa's wedding ring. And then my dad held it for a while. He just had it. Okay. And then, because he, he had his own wedding bands. Yeah. And then, uh, when it, when me and Amanda got engaged, uh, my, my father wasn't actually around anymore. So Robin gave it to Amanda. Okay. And then it was my wedding band. And it still is, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I had never worn it until the day of my wedding. And I didn't even know if it was going to fit or not. Okay. And by some crazy preordained thing, you know, man, we put gave Amanda's ring and obviously it fits. Uh, but I pulled it out and she slipped. And it, it only occurred to me, like, when it was at the tip of my finger, I'm like, oh, I hope this fits. And it just slipped, slipped right on. And then I leaned over to my grandma who was in the front row and I'm like, I'd actually never worn this before. And she's all <laughs> like... That was silly, you know. Right? <laughs> you silly. That yeah, was silly. Yeah. No. Do you, Do you wear that all the time, or just when I come out? Okay. Yeah, when I'm out. Yeah. I guess like I feel like I just haven't seen it before. No. And I'm not trying to say it on air that you're like you don't wear your what. <laughs> no, I, I intentionally I don't wear it at work because I don't like it on my hands. Oh yeah, I guess and you I work with your like hands, when I work yeah. with my hands, I'm like. People are like, what about a silicone ring? I'm like, you don't get it. I don't like anything on my hands but uh. gloves, and often I find it's just hindrance like and then i lost i lost a lot of weight after i got married and so my wedding ring didn't fit like it was always slipping off my finger and i would find that it would often like pinch the skin on my finger and it was like too tight uncomfortable no no it wasn't too tight it was too loose but like it would come in and like if i stuck my hands in my pocket it would be like skin would get pinched in there and just a constant reminder well (laughs) i i like it's not that i hated wearing a ring because like, I didn't hate it it's just I don't know I didn't love it no. <laughs> right I don't even know where I don't even know where my old wedding band is I think I lost it nice I I could probably get like 200 bucks for it yeah you could that's uh, a lot of alcohol it's well it's my <laughs> it's my if everything else in my life fails and I need $200 hopefully I can find it <laughs> kind of plan <laughs> Oh, yeah, fine. definitely not gonna sell the comic books. No, that's good. No, 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 not the comic books. You know, if I've got that. a ring that I could maybe get two hundred bucks for, yeah. you know, yeah. there's that. Kate's been asking about what I want for a wedding band when we get married. So. I have to side on Brendan McKeegan and be like, you know, girls get the wedding ring and they get all freaky. Yeah, uh, we need swords. This, we need yeah, that's, like that's we need swords. That's the McKeegan's band. take on yeah. that one. Imagine that an engagement sword, guys. I don't, need, I don't need a sword. Yes, you do. I don't, you don't even know that you don't need a sword. How do you know? <laughs> you don't even know. I know everyone should probably have a sword. Everyone <laughs> should probably <laughs> have a sword. I mean, yes. there's some tests that you have to do because I'm, you know, we've talked about gun registry and appropriate <laughs> firearms and weapons before, but you know, everybody should. Oh, have a sword. so uh, Kate listened to our Minnesota about the flu. Yep. And she screamed at it because, first off, you didn't get your flu shot. And she's like, ah, why oh. would you get it? So there's that. Yep. Also, I talked about how we got our flu shots and then we got the flu. Yep. Um, she wants me to put some context and some clarification that Maddie didn't really catch the flu. Maddie had a little bit of a fever. Yeah. But, like, the flu didn't get really passed to her, so Maddie didn't get sick. Mm-hmm. And 
relatively the flu kind of like was quick. Right. Like it was like for her, it was like a day of the flu and then she ended up having like a sinus infection that went on and the sinus infection is not the flu. No. My flu was, I threw up. Constantly. Yeah, you were pretty horrible. Yeah, like, your New awful. Year's was terrible. and uh, But, like, it was like it was like three days. So we survived it. And she's like, she's like, it wasn't that long. Right. And I've uh, had no days. So, yeah, well, hey. You just took it the flu <laughs> Well, not no well, flu shot. Not now, now, it's over. Yeah, it's probably, I'm probably like, uh, what do they call that? Uh, Typhoid Mary? It just carries around the flu to you guys. You just, just, you just, you're a carrier. Thing. I'm a carrier, but, you know. There's certain people, everybody has a role to play. Um, who do we have on this week? We have a former Olympic coach uh, and doctor, um, one Adam Kingsbury. Yeah, 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 he's your cousin, right? My cousin, yes, he's, absolutely. That's that's why we were able to get an Olympian, Olympian doctor, <laughs> <laughs> Olympian <laughs> slash doctor, Olympian slash doctor. Yep. And like you know, he doc- We'll get into the interview, obviously, but like I was really impressed. I thought that was a really cool conversation that we had, and uh, you know, he he knows a lot about sports psychology. Yes, um, but he just does. ultimately about like psychology in general. Is yeah, that part yeah. Of his clinical it, psychology. Yeah, you can pretty much take those same uh, aspects, right, and then bring mm-hmm. it into the sport. Is pretty much what it is there, right? Uh, it's a lot like the aspects of me in building, uh, because I'm a red seal in lath and interior systems. I know carpentry. You know what I mean? A red like, seal with some sex appeal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did well last night, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been an interesting run. It's been a follow-up <clears throat> week. Oh, actually, so just quickly, kind of because we talked about Whippersnapper earlier today, I went in there today to pick up, like, the root beer. Yeah. And when I went in there, it's the first time I've been in there since February. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Patrick, the owner, he sees me, like, walking up, and he's just like, drip. 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 Which, for those that are listening that might not know, uh, that's part of a punchline from my set where I'm ball sweat. (laughs) Ball sweat dripping onto a dude's head while while I'm spotting him while we're bench pressing. It's it's gross. It's awkward. It's a very awkward little interaction, and I always make eye contact with, like, a manly man in the front row and just... Take that down drip, a little bit. Put that drip you know, into yeah, it. And then, <laughs> you could do it, put your drip into it. And so like that show was like a month ago. Right? <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, so you think about me. He's like, you haunt my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Wow, it's good. And you can't can't be remembered. Oh well, you're being remembered. So you're being remembered. Being That's remembered, it. yeah. I was watching some curling today. Nice. Yeah, the Scotties is going on. Yeah, that's right. Tournament um, hearts. Yeah. Um yeah, our guest uh, this week actually coached for Holman. And who was, I believe, in, who's that? She's Scott. Yeah, still. yeah. Yeah, she's still full in curling. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, good good group of ladies, actually. Yeah, and so uh, I hope that you guys enjoy our conversation with, uh, I guess, soon to be, because he can't use the word doctor yet until oh, right, this right. has been fully, like, because he's. Yeah, our family. He's like, he's been sworn in to be. Soon, soon to be Dr. Adam to, Kingsbury. That's right. Here we go. Here we go. Enjoy. Here we go. That's you. Hello. Oh, I don't know why I clapped to start that off. Everybody just an aggressive clap. It's a weird kind of a chime. Is that Pavlov's clap? <laughs> Pavlov's clap. Um, <laughs> hello, everybody out hello, there. We're back. Listening. We actually have our. We have like our first like non 
entertainment guest. Yes, absolutely. Wait. Are you trying to say I'm not entertaining? Oh, you're entertaining! <laughs> for completely other reasons like, that are non... We, uh, we realize like, this, is our, this is our tenth full episode, and the past nine episodes have been eight comedians and one radio DJ. Okay, so, so now like, I see what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for swimming, Adam. Like, coming to the Here pool. Here we go. Comedians so. really only have other comedian friends. <laughs> like, And that's the problem, because nobody actually nobody wants to hang out with us in real life. Not zero, <laughs> zero facts. That's very okay, true. Okay, I'm ready to do it anyway. Cool. All right, so we are with Adam Kingsbury. Uh, Adam Kingsbury, we'll kind of get into your credentials just a little bit, but we got a few get-to-know-you get questions for our audience out there. We're just going to jump straight on in. Um, we know that you are an Olympian, so what is, and you're a Winter Olympian, so what is your favorite summer Olympic sport? Wow, you're putting me on the spot already. Can I have five seconds to think about it? We can give you like five seconds. I feel like archery. Nice. Arch why archery? Well, I just love target sports. I like Hunger Games for archery. I think you just like Jennifer Lawrence. Fair, fair enough. And fair enough. Jennifer you're... Lawrence, archery. Yes. <laughs> yes. Seriously. Okay, cool. And you're archery. thinking of Red Sparrow and not hun Hunger Games. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I know your I know your lusts. Sure. Red Sparrow. Oh, that's Jennifer Lawrence as well. Yeah, but okay. she actually like yeah. Yeah. That's more innocent thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I, I'll let you guys. Uh... No, that's good. Okay, so archery, cool. I like Just, that. Uh, cool, right on. Single shots. Um, what do we have? Oh, uh, favorite cousin that starts with a K. Carl. Oh, you know snap. what? We took bets on this earlier, oh, and we thought it was going to be Curtis. <laughs> we totally <laughs> thought it was going to be Curtis. No, you know, it was just like ah. But it's Carl, right on Leo. It's obviously you, Chris. Yay! Well, now you've ostracized both Curtis and, and Carl. Carl. But if you can't tell, uh, Adam is related to Chris. Hey. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so how are you, cousin? Not too bad, cousin. Thanks for coming to do the show. We're All not right. really, we're not really friends with Olympians. We're, we're related, just related to, to them. them. So you know. His things we asked, he came. It was good. Good talk. Yeah. Um. You you have a three and a half year old, right? He's four, four and, and a half. half. Four, no, four yes. and a half. So you must watch a lot of cartoons. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. We watch a lot. Certainly, when he was younger. Um. He's more into video games now, but I mean, okay. anything that was on Netflix, for sure, we watched. What What children's cartoon character are you? I feel like I'm the dad on. Kazoops. I don't even know what Kazoops yeah, is. Yeah, I got nothing. Kazoops is a phenomenal show. It's uh, British or Australian? I'm gonna say British. Okay. Okay. Commonwealth. And it's just the animation's good. The stories are sweet. Okay. And you know, if you're gonna watch something 300 times, it might as well be. Something that the parents can get behind. Ain't gonna be that stupid I, bastard Peppa. That's for. I was sure. about to say I haven't forgiven the British for Max and Ruby. Yeah, that one. Well, that's us. Oh, that's is that us? us? That's us. That's our. That is us. Oh and shit! I actually watched I, an episode of Max and Ruby recently. It's very difficult to get to. Uh, get Ruby's through. such a little bitch. She's not nice. No, she's, no, she's, she's, she's very she's rude. Very controlling and yeah. very possessive. And, oh, man. Just... You know, I, I was hoping we could talk about screen time and stuff later. I'll let you guys decide. Yeah, no, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. I have some pretty liberal perspectives on that in terms of, I think we, we kind of have this alarmist perspective on technology. And 
I, I well, you do have to protect your kids in the wide scope of things, and you, like everything that is being put out there is permanent. But yet, if you can trust your kid to watch a certain things, you know best what he's going to be able to handle. What if we have a bad uh, relationship with it, and it's not? Yeah, bad, or we we actually have no idea in terms of what good content is. That's what I wonder sometimes. Oh, hundred percent. Just like just, we watch Spider Man. Uh, is it Into the Dark or Into the Spider-Verse? That's what it was. And I thought it was awesome and he loved it, but I was like, is that an okay thing to show a three-year-old? I wonder. I, my, Maddie was only six months old, six months old. And like, I get that she cannot process what we're watching, but we're watching like Spider-Man, the animated series from the nineties. And she'll just sit there and she'll like stare and like, (laughs) I'll put on something else and she'll just be like wandering elsewhere. But Spider-Man goes on and she's there. Yeah. So I picked up into the Spider-Verse because I'm like, when she's three, like three for me, I'll introduce her to her at three. Yeah, it's really well done. Sp- I don't know. I don't know. It's my favorite but, of the Spider-Man. Getting on topics of entertainment. Next question. Your favorite Ray Liotta film? Oh, um, probably Hannibal. <gasps> oh, okay. nice. But now, uh, the second that I um, remembered that, I just had this like flashback of there's some scenes in there that I don't really like. I'm not a horror movie fan. No, I'm okay. Um, so like, are you or, thinking of him I am. His own brain? Or Goodfellas? Yeah, yeah. Is that obvious? That's the Goodfellas. Yeah. So that's why I was so excited that she said Hannibal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird that my mind went there first, but I don't know what that says about me. Anyway. But you're a Dexter fan, too. I was, except for the last, last season. season. Just write that one yeah, off. Just, it just, it, just it definitely things. took a bit of a dive. Yeah. Would you watch a reboot? Like, if they re- brought it back and like because they set it up that they could bring him back. would it have to be a, would it have to be a dexter alternate universe where like deb came back no fuck De- like he's he he becomes dexter in canada off his lumberjack dexter who is it done well or is it low budget let's put it at the same budget of season mandalorian four. Oh, that's a good man budget. That's a good well, budget. Mandalorian's a good budget. I don't think Dexter needs that type of budget, though. No, maybe not. But like, but like, go back to like season. If if the season was written as well as season four was, yes, yeah, I would at least. I feel like I'd have to give it a chance, considering the nostalgic investment. Yeah. Okay. This is kind of like as we built this room, I we we wanted it to kind of have a Dexter vibe to it until I started putting up all the shit. This room would be. Uh, probably more intimidating if there were no posters up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I actually think with the posters, it's really nice. It's it's certainly capturing my visual attention, and I get distracted a lot visually. So, yeah. Uh, last question for you before we kind of jump into stuff: Are you a dog or a cat person? Well, grew up with cats. Have a cat. Um, so I guess historically I'd be a cat person, but I also love dogs, and I love the idea of having friends that have dogs, <laughs> so you can see them without you know all of the um, continual caretaking that's required. Yeah, I felt like that about children for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, friends yeah. with children is yeah. great. Yeah, now the baby goes home. Baby goes home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. ah, you know, I think maybe that's a therapist thing because most of the male therapists I know, like I was a cat person, I brought the cat into this relationship and Kate yep. had the dog. Um, but like most male therapists I know are cat people. Is that weird? Does, just, I don't know. They're just chill, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they, uh, I'm very introverted and I feel like cats kind of do what they want to do. And when they don't want attention or 
they can just disappear. They sleep a lot, which I love. I wish I was able to. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're just, I don't know, they, it's more my speed. Okay, I dig that, I dig that, where they get, they make the rules, they yep. set it, and then once they're done, like, <clears throat> I heard somewhere where it's like cats only need about 10 minutes of human interaction a day. That's, that's me. That's me to a T. <laughs> my cat's like that. My cat will come up and he'll like meow, and he'll whine, and then he'll be like, all right, come here, Jack, and he'll pet his head for a few minutes, and then he'll be like, all right, see you in 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and just enough to keep you wanting more every single day. Exactly. So, yeah. Right on, cats. Way to seduce humans. Yeah. <laughs> Our cat is the only reason that Maddie's almost crawling. Oh, yeah? She loves the cat, but the cat hates her. Yeah. She just, like, fucks off every time she comes. How did your cat deal with a young kid? Was there a good transition? Um, yeah, I mean, they were all great. Yeah. They were all yeah. great, and he was very um, rough as a toddler with one of the cats, our older cat. Um, and she took it like a champ. She just let him kind of pull her fur and, you know, it was almost like there was this protective instinctual aspect. And you see that with animals and, and kids a lot. Like, yeah. I don't know. They get it. They get that it's important, right? So they're it's like, really good. They know that they're an extension of the family, yeah. right? An extension yeah. of you. So. I, yeah, and Bigglesworth still follows the kids to the bus stop, but he stops right at the corner because there's a bunch of dogs on the other side of the block. <laughs> he's like, I just don't go past there. Fuck that, I can smell the pee. And, so and he just sits there and he watches, and he doesn't go any further. He's just like, it's his gang turf. He's not allowed to go anywhere. It's crazy. All right. Uh, Adam, uh, this is like the first time that we've had a chance to meet. And so, like, I've gotten your history through Chris. Uh, you, <laughs> how, how far back? <laughs> well, when, you did some no, sick shit when you were seven. Yeah, like you I said. <laughs> you know what? He, uh, it's accurate. <laughs> I was there too, so that was the thing. <laughs> I, I find, I find things are like I find that you have like this really interesting career because you, uh, you were. You are an Olympian athlete. You are not an athlete. I was a coach. You're, you were a coach. Yeah. You're a coach for Team Canada, right? I was. Yeah, I coached um, Rachel Holman's team uh, to the Olympic berth in 2017. So that was held in Ottawa. That was an awesome experience. And then we got to go as a as Team Canada representatives to Korea in 2018. Nice. Are you also a curler or just a curler? I, so, yeah, I play a ton now. I'm uh, in, in a clinic full-time, um, but most of my free time um, is spent uh, in the curling rink whenever I can. I'm just obsessed. Okay. So, like, you've got curling, you've got coaching at, like, an Olympic level, and then you've also, you're a therapist uh, yeah. you know, who's, like, currently, you've just, like, finished your PhD thesis. Yeah, I, I uh, well, I mean, so... I think the average length of time for our program, I want to say, was, I don't know, six years. And uh, I did, after nine solid <laughs> solid years, I finally finished. Um, now, I, uh, I finished up my clinical training in twenty the end of 2016. But then when I got into uh, curling and had the opportunity to travel, the only thing I could do was take a hiatus from the research. I mean, with me... Any, if it's exciting and it's on TV and it's, you know, it's interesting, my attention's always going to be drawn to that versus sitting in a room and, and having to write. Um, but I finally smartened up this, this summer and, and submitted and defended and now I'm, I'm done. 
So there we go. Okay, like <laughs> right on the button. Everyone. Yeah, right on the button. And for me, I, I hear that and I go, "When do you have time to be a dad in all of that?" Because yeah, I I understand a hundred percent. Like I've got my own private practice. We mentioned about when I was in high school, I was training at an Olympic level in swimming. So like I understand the training that goes into all of that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I didn't. I quit before. Yeah, before Somebody that. Somebody carrying him. He was like, "You're swimming too much, crack." And he was like, "Why?" It was a comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was it, so. Like, I understand. Like, you know, just training by itself is time consuming. It's, it's yes. That's it, a full time job. Mm -hmm. You're studying. You're working in a private practice and doing your thesis and and everything else. How do you, how are you coping? Yeah. Well, that's why it took nine years. And, and truthfully, I mean, um, my priorities uh, were, well, they've always been, certainly once my son was born, was I want to spend as much time as I possibly can with him. Um, I mean, we all have to work and um, getting the opportunity to travel. I mean, you know, the longest period I was away was when we went to Korea and that was four weeks, I think, which was far too long. Mm -hmm. um, now, even when I go on like a two or three day trip, I'm, to be honest, it's very difficult. Like on the one, like airports get old. Um, it, I find traveling really tough on, on the body, on your sleep schedule. And I just don't want to miss these moments of, of him being young, because I'm sure as both of you know, they change incredibly quickly. Super quick. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I had to learn, I had to examine what uh, my priorities were. And that, that's why I decided it was time to work, you know, here in Ottawa more regularly. And um, so I could be home as often as I can be. Okay. So are you no longer coaching for Team Canada? So that was, I mean, when you, when you win the uh, Olympic trials, you're Team Canada for the Olympics. Okay. Um, but I, I still am involved in the game. I um, was just traveling last week, actually, with the, the Carleton Ravens curling program. They're trying to really put together something to, you know, to make the game more enticing and um, to bring people to the school. So that was fun. Um, I'll be heading to the Briar in a couple of weeks. Nice. Uh, yeah, with Team Saskatchewan, actually. Okay. So, so you know, there will be a few um, trips here and there, but really it's just because it's hard to stay away. Full of Rough Rider fans. And they're like, did you not realize this is the wrong sport? I know. It doesn't matter, Saskatchewan. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm learning that, that, that football is very important, so I have to uh, yeah. not tell them where I was born. No, no, definitely hide that one. It was Edmonton, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, now you've outed me. Yeah, totally. Sorry. <laughs> what I meant to say was not Edmonton. Not Edmonton. You know, the city, not Edmonton. Not Edmonton. That's, yeah. That's, that's the, the one city. on the, the border between Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Um, not Edmonton. Not Edmonton. Why did, you, why did you pick curling as like a sport to invest in? Well, it happened um, fortuitously. So... My doctoral research was in golf, was putting under pressure, and we use putting to kind of represent anything that requires a fine touch. Mm -hmm. So if you were a surgeon or um, well, any sport really that requires aiming at a target far away. Like archery. Right. <laughs> um, 
and, and mostly because it's pretty easy to set up in a laboratory. But a lot of curlers love golf. So as soon as the ice melts, they love playing golf. And the truth is the sports are very similar. So um, I was working with the um, Golf Canada amateur uh, program, the development squad, and just getting to travel and give presentations and um, met people from, from Curling Canada and was just given opportunities to you know, continue and you meet athletes and as those relationships grow, just kept getting more and more opportunities. So uh, the games are very similar and the more that you know another sport, you can bring messages that I think players actually know intuitively, but you're, you're framing it in a different way. So it's just been, I don't know, it's a really good fit. Was like, was sports something you were passionate about from a young age? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I went through a, a, a punk rock um, snowboarding phase. You can play some really mean U2 licks, everybody. I'll let you know that right now. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what can I say? <laughs> Truth! Take uh, that, Bono! I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, I always enjoyed, you know, just, I don't know, I, I find it difficult to sit still. Okay. So, um, sport to me was always like a nice a way to kind of get that energy out mm -hmm. and um yeah just i was always connected to hockey and watched hockey a lot growing up and i'm just fascinated with you know beating the odds and when you watch big playoff games and you can just feel how much pressure there is that's always fascinated me okay and seeing people who are able to thrive in those moments i mean maybe it was selfish to start because i wanted to be like a good golfer under pressure but I don't know. I it's it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain why I love it. Okay, is was was sports something that you like your your dad was involved in at all or not, I mean he always liked watching sports, but my my dad is um he's been a radio guy his whole life and my younger brothers in radio. Um so music was a really big part of our lives. Um but no, I just think there was just an interest in um playing games. Because okay. really, that's all sport is. Like, you know, in the wintertime, you, you go out and we would toboggan and then got into snowboarding and played hockey. Just moving around and allowing, you know, that hyperactivity to kind of have an outlet. Okay. So, like, how are you going to encourage sports for, for your son? Or like, how, what are you guys going to do? Or are you something that you're already yeah. implementing? So, um, I've been asked that before. And I've decided that I will never, I, I will never coach him as an athlete. Um, I, I think that Mick, it's a very, it's a delicate balance between training someone and being their parent. So we play games all the time. So we have a hockey net in the basement. We um, are always wrestling. We're always, you know, if there's something on TV, there's sports on TV, he'll come and sit and he can watch for like two to three minutes, but everything's just a game. Mm -hmm. Everything is just fun. And, um, it's kind of a really good way to, you almost, you're developing a habit early. That, yeah. that it's good to move your body. It's fun. It's, it's and that's not competitive yet. None whatsoever. I mean, you can, you, I think it's important to induce 
that there are winners and losers, there are objectives. Yeah, yeah. So someone is going to be on the, you know, good end and someone gonna be on the trying right. end. But, but that's just how it goes. But, but showing that being competitive, even when it comes to losing, that like the outcome is so far removed from the intention of doing the activity. Mm-hmm. So that's it, that's what we need to model the kids, where it's like, yeah, well, it's not about participation ribbons. It's not about um, everyone is acknowledged for just being them. I mean, that should just be a default response. So sports are really good at kind of um, mirror, mirroring real life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things are not going to work out the way you intended. Where I think we go astray is when parents start to live vicariously through their kids, where you see young four and five-year-old children who have hypercritical, demanding parents who are standing in the stands and, you know, judging their performance. And um, it's a serious problem in competitive sport. It's mm-hmm. a very serious problem. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's up to us to just be better and educate people and not tolerate that type of behavior. And um, when you see that dad freaking out that hockey game, bring him a beer and just be like, it's not that important, man. <laughs> Sit down. I mean, Sit uh, down. <laughs> I mean, you know, in a way, I think we, we do see behavior like that. We see um, videos that are uh, shared and, and glorified about, you know, like parents fighting in the stands. And, and it's just you know, I think sensationalized short videos are yeah. always going to draw us in, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think it's up to us to model what's important because yeah, kids 100%. are sponges. They're just going to do precisely what they've been exposed to at a very early age. So, you bet. no, that's fair. That's, that's, that's like a really good way to looking at it. But like at the same way you, like if they do find a sport that's good for them and decide to go on it on a competitive nature, how are you going to kind of, Coexist, like, yeah. The Olympics are competitive, right? Like, or, yeah. So I, I, I think it. I mean, to, I hope, I hope this is a standard answer, but it would be whatever he wants to do. We'll do whatever we can to give him those opportunities. That is the right answer. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and however, you know, I know, I think as a parent, like my natural anxiety about uh, sports with a higher probability of head injuries. That worries me. So we're gonna get him into badminton. Well, yeah, but a lot of just, badminton. I don't know. Maybe that's wanting to wrap my child up in a in a bubble because I we never want them to get hurt. But yeah. I don't know. I would. I don't know if I'd want him to play football. I truly. But if he came to me and said, "Listen, I love the sport. I'm. I understand the risks. I, you know, and it was a good program, and the coaches' heads were in the right place, and he he really had a lot of love and excitement for it. Well, then. I would be the nervous parent in the stands, but of course I'd support them. Mm-hmm. But first, you go have a conversation with Uncle Chris. Look at Uncle Chris. He played football. <laughs> Things went okay for him, sort of. Right? Well, <laughs> well, you could teach him. I could. I totally could. Yeah. This is how you light a math pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what the head injuries did? No, but yeah, concussions are a serious thing. I remember having one in high school, uh, playing in McMahon Stadium against uh, a team from southern Alberta and these guys did nothing but grow corn and play football and I like to kick off return because I could blindside somebody just yeah I get that anger out but every time I went to blindside this other guy he saw it at the last second and it was just a flash of white and a flash of white 
in a flash of light. And then we, we kept getting scored on because we got our asses head to it. Mm-hmm. So I must have hit this guy five or six times before I really realized, I'm like, I'm doing a lot of damage here. This isn't great. How did I know I was doing a lot of damage? It was second down, and I'm the center who was snapping the ball. I didn't snap the ball on first down. I didn't remember the call, and I was like, I think I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Jeez. you okay? Pugsley? I'm like, yeah, I just... I need to be rotated out. Yeah, so, see, that scares see, me. See, that's that was not knowing a limit and playing within it. Yeah. Right. So there's that, right? So, but uh, yeah, and I didn't sleep that night, which was probably the best thing for me. Yeah, I, I think that is the best thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't sleep that night, and uh, had peach driving. Mm, tasty peach. I was about to say, just pop a couple of naproxen with <laughs> sh- swallow it with some tequila, and you're good to go. No, <laughs> I, I, I will say, I do think sports. Certainly, what I've heard anyway, sports are getting way better even at like yeah the helmet does the development levels and they're aware of like oh this is a this is a problem so yeah you know while i have a a very close friend who's a a neuropsychologist and works with a ton of athletes on this Mm -hmm. and he's got a very healthy uh perspective on it which is that you know a lot of the the news reports and the, the the dangerous outcomes that have been uh, associated maybe he said you know there's some conclusions that we actually don't really even know what the extent is now that doesn't mean it's harmless mm-hmm. but we we don't have research on the long-term implications because really this is something that really has only um, been a, a critical research focus in the the last number of years so uh, did you watch the Super Bowl this year yeah, I see all the greatest heroes of the last hundred years. I think there's our proof. Some of the guys that I mean may not be data research, but uh, so well, there were a lot of defensive guys still left around. Right, right. right. You know what I mean? And so, anecdotally, I think that that's that's worth something to yeah, consider. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's one of those things now where yeah. we're we're talking about we're seeing ads saying like stop pushing yourself so hard because. Uh, of, like there's that one before the movie, uh, the movies that happens with a young girl who's a soccer player, and you see her playing like really competitively. She keeps hitting her head, like, mm-hmm. and then getting back up and going again. And she checks a person, hits her head again, and she keeps going until she just passes out. You know, whole, like, and that's a great point. But then I also realized that our kids, like, we could protect them from all sports. And I don't know. I mean, how many times? A, has uh, your little munchkin just like smashed his head on the side of a door? Because Jude is certainly covered, you know, <laughs> head to toe already from... Yeah, they get... average about one every two weeks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so sure. we, we can't protect them from everything. I think that's why it's important to select cultures, like select teams for your, your kids that emphasize the right messages. Right. Okay. You know, so... It's cool. Find your number. Play it in. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the reason why my parents put me into swimming. Like at a very young ages, they're yeah. like, they're like, first off, it only costs uh, a bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they're like, like. No, no real head injuries yeah. unless you like dive too deep. Dive too then deep. That's yeah. not really. An I, issue. Honestly, I think swimming is like it's a very demanding sport and. Um, you know, I, I've I've heard from swimmers just kind of the training regiments, and you're, it's you're, not for me. You're in the but pool at it. 5 a.m. every yeah, morning until double 7. Double practices. And, I mean, it's a lot. And then you're back in the pool at 4 p.m. until 6 p.m. So how did Michael Phelps smoke all that weed then? If he had this rigorous training outcome, was it just like... Uh-huh. It would have been... I, there's, there's no way that he would have been using... Um, 
during his kind of yeah no, his not adaptation and training yeah, cycles yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, like there's not no like way. Ross Rubiotti. Well, right? I just no, wouldn't like, like there his the level of um, performance required. I just don't think that you'd be able to. And it's the wrong type of drugs to really enhance anything. <laughs> yeah, 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 Except <laughs> you know, no delayed worry. reaction Except time. Delayed reaction the gun time. goes off and colors. You know, just a few seconds yeah. late. Like it's. Well, it's gonna, it slows down everything, everything right? Yeah. So, like, it, it's going to make you feel sluggish. So you're not going to feel. Yeah, and we don't. We have no idea what context he was using and why he was using it. And like, he was at a party. Well, right? yeah, secondhand smoke. It's, it doesn't matter for second. <laughs> you're at a party, so why? Yeah, exactly. I, I think all bets are off. We're very quick because athletes are in the the media all the time, yeah. and we love sensationalism. So there you hear you hear too, these yeah. stories, but without context, it's. I found it's just way easier to reserve judgment and not even engage because like we have no idea the backstories behind things well i think that the only thing that i really when i think of like athletes and people to judge the only one that i can really think of that i'm like yeah we can go ahead and judge him is ryan lochte for that whole like, oh, for, for, the, for the, <laughs> the post game brazilian yeah. uh stick right. up stand up <laughs> wow yeah that was that that's a tougher one to show a compassionate <laughs> response to like and, and he hasn't done himself any favors um with you know continual shows and how he how he shows up in the media yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he certainly doesn't help his on-air persona but again unless you know him he's just so dumb <laughs> uh, I watched him on an entire season of Celebrity Big Brother, and he's dumb. You are pretty for a reason, Ryan Lochte. <laughs> <laughs> oh. hey, interesting. Um, you had so you had a baby while you were training, like you're you were training the team to go to the Olympics. Uh, yeah, I, I mean a young, a that. young child yeah a very a very young child what and if this is too personal you can tell me to fuck off like what prompted the timing to have a baby when you did because if like if you were preparing towards like coaching an olympic team and and doing your phd as well as like working full-time i can't imagine the like we've already mentioned the time is not really there so what was the thought process around having a kid when you guys did um well i mean i i don't know if there's ever a right time to have a kid. I mean, it's so easy to always find a reason that you would be too busy or something would be happening, but it was a, it was a priority and it was something that we wanted. So I think, um, you know, his mom's a superstar and was very supportive. And um, it, it's without that, uh, I don't think it would be possible. I don't think you can be a great parent. Um, if you're not there all the time, also without someone who isn't, you know, holding down the fort when you're gone. I mean, I, I was really lucky. Okay, cool. I, I like that. Now, off the top, you said that you wanted to talk a little bit about screen time. And so we've yeah, got some it's just, time. We were, we were talking about, um, you know, you. Well, here's, I don't know. To Everybody me, says, fuck Peppa Pig. That's how we're starting yeah. this one, right? And then, as, like, you were mentioning something along the lines of, like, is it we who have the problems with it? And we're, like, pushing those values. Where does the problem come? The, the kids just 
find their natural solution and then they're done with it. I know Eddie and Eric yeah. are like that too. They'll like watch something and they'll just be like totally done with it. Or when they watch something and I'm like, God, they're watching this again. I'm like, how many times have you been watching this one now? And they're just like, just a couple more and they'll just yeah. naturally get sick of it themselves. Does, does your son have that same kind of uh, unfinished uh, move absolutely. on? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. And so here, this is, this is what I try to wrestle, well, I, I do wrestle with this regularly. I mean, you're going to have purists who um, would suggest that no screen time, any amount of screen time is, is, you know, harmful under a certain age. And again, I just think that that's A, alarmist, and B, there's not compelling research that would support such a strong statement like that. Um, now, again, we don't, we, we can't say with certainty that we know um, what the impact of regular exposure to, you know, a blue wavelength uh, emitting device would be when they're 60 years old. We just, we don't have that answer. Mm -hmm. We can speculate, but there's no reason to suggest that. We can see short-term effects with blue light. Sure. And short-term effects can definitely lead to long-term effects when we talk about, like, disruption of REM cycles. And, right. Uh, you know, the, the fact that it can have an impact on, like, autoimmune issues. Uh, you know, we've seen those short-term effects, so why can't we then presume that those short-term effects will blossom into bigger long-term effects? Because there's Because there are many short-term effects that don't have compounding long-term effects. There are many short-term things that um, we have um, happen, such as the influence of caffeine, that, uh, you know, it's going to have an impact for however long it takes to metabolize the drug. But I'm not, again, this is not saying that they are harmless. Mm -hmm. It's saying that we don't know. We don't understand. We cannot that. extrapolate yeah. short-term research findings into an alarmist type, you know, everything is a, cat a catastrophe. Now, to me, that's just on the, that's just on the screen time, like we don't know. And if you don't know, is it better to not risk it? I don't know. I mean, I think that's an individual preference. Now, yeah. the other argument would be, um, in life, certainly the day and age that we live in now, um, competent technolo technology use, um, that that's a fundamental skill. Mm -hmm. Everyone communicates and everyone like knowledge of how to interact with technology is actually a required skill moving forward. So the more exposure there is, the better. And that's why we can see young kids who know how to use screens, but yet our parents, you know, when they're, when they're interacting with a phone or opening a web browser, it's mind numbingly frustrating. Yeah. So, Really, to me, it comes down to this. Um, whatever you are doing, technology cannot be the babysitter. Technology cannot be the substitute for um, all life lessons. You know, what I strive for, and I would say probably 70% effectiveness, would be engaging with the kid, hanging out with the kid while they are using, yeah. talking to them about the videos that they see, you know, watching things on repeat is because it's a way to learn language. Mm -hmm. That's how we learn how to speak. Yep. You watched cartoons over and over and I don't know, I had my favorite tapes, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So this is just a digital version of kind of things that we already did as kids. However, I would like, and I, I, I'm coming at this maybe from a point of someone who like 
disclosure, I worked in the school systems for five years as an addictions therapist with you. Yeah. And we spent a lot of time dealing with the idea of, you know, what constitutes screen addiction or screen addiction yeah. even a real thing because some parents will say, my kid is addicted. Others will be like, no, it's just like a moderation yeah. thing. Um, now that it's more than like, we had our favorite videos, right? Yeah. Like, you know, back in the 80s and the early 90s, we had videos, we had one TV that we had to share amongst the family and that was the source of the screen. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, we've got a TV on every floor, maybe in multiple rooms, everybody has a phone or a tablet, um, you know, video games in the basement. So this, there's so much more content, right? And there's so yeah. much more that we're doing with screens than just watching our videos over and over again because now we've got, you know, 12 year olds with Snapchat accounts and, and uh, that, that's not great. No, it makes me feel uncomfortable. For it, sure. yeah. it makes me feel uncomfortable to say it out loud. Yeah. Right? I forget today's thing. I heard the TikTok challenge of skull breaking. Oh yeah. Skull breaking. What? I heard that. This is like, let's do a skull breaking video to get likes. Mm. And, and I'm like, a part of me is like, let that Darwinism shit go. How does that happen? Like, like, I'm know. genuinely curious, though. Did somebody drop a watermelon and we're like, man, this would be great if we had other friends. Well, I, I just, like, I, I just, I... How something, like, goes viral from zero to 100? Yeah, more like, are we that starved for social attention that we just, you know, keep upping the ante? Is that, is it that and because And because now everyone's the star of their own movie with, you know, the constant need to post you know, daily updates about nothing. And yeah. is that, that's the reality. And I can't, I have a difficult time comprehending what that reality is like. And I, I'm assuming you guys are the same way because we didn't grow up like that. No, I, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than both of you guys. Like not too much younger than you. No, but I feel like, aged. <laughs> um, Damn 2020. Like I, <laughs> I remember, it, like, I think that it's it's like a phase that you kind of grow out of. Yeah. I hope some people grow out of it. I feel I grew out of because, like, you know how Facebook gives you those memories of, like, here's what you said 12 years ago. Yeah, thanks, and, Facebook. And that's the thing is, like, I actually really appreciated that because I spent a year going through being, like, delete, delete. Like, like yeah. what? <laughs> like, you're just bitching about your life to, like... Everything. Every, like, it is, it's, it's not productive uh, use of my time. It's not a productive... Um, presentation of myself. Yeah. Uh, Don't forget your grandkids have looked at you. Well, that's... Like, hey, look, he was bitching about his fucking latte. <laughs> and so he had like, such a resolve. It got to the point now where, like, where I look at it now, 12 years later, after, like, having Facebook for, for that period of time, and being like, now, you know... I don't post. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, I even like how hard I'm scrolling through some of the shit. And like, I'm like, when I see people that post more than like once a day, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, don't yeah. you have something to do with your life? Like, <laughs> yeah. People with stories with six chapters into the little story often like, whoa, well, it's serving what? some function, right? Yeah. Yes. It's served to in when people are engaging in it, there's some sort of benefit that they are deriving, whether it's short term and, you know, we could talk about whether, get that dopamine yeah, whether it's neat, like whether it's, there's something bigger and I don't know, I, I don't or engage. Skynet becoming sentient and fucking learning. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I, and I hope that my son, um, will use it. I don't know, in a, in a responsible way. And again, these are all just like random words I'm using because really when it comes to parenthood, like, Dice I often roll. regularly feel like I don't know what I'm doing. 
Welcome to the club. That kind of like leads us into the, the last question we really ask our guests. Uh, and uh, that is, are there really sex orgies in the Olympic Village? So I, I heard rumors about... That's not actually our last question, but I did. <laughs> well, yeah, I, oh, I thought... Uh, <laughs> well, I, did, I do want to know the answer. <laughs> it, certainly nothing that I, I uh, witnessed, um, but I think that that might be folklore from that's just passed on every year. Um, when they had the World Track and Field Championships in Edmonton in 2001, what the, the village where they had all the Commonwealth athletes had bowls and bowls of condoms. The people who, after they finished running their races or whatever they've done, they're just like, they had to get that out. And they were just like, condoms galore! And they were gone. So, well, I mean, and they hey, at least it was responsible, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so maybe is the question on Olympic orgies. Yeah, there's, there's nothing I can... Um, Say that I've you have no, witnessed firsthand. No definitive. But I have evidence. heard the rumors, of course. Okay, that's okay. Right. Uh, no, the last question that we asked. Uh, I don't know. Every guest. Oh, that. We asked every guest. That. Would you go to an Olympic orgy? <laughs> Obviously, the orgy. most flexible people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You will get to do and learn things that you have never imagined. Um, if. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. <laughs> what, what is your biggest piece of parenting advice you can give to other dads out there? Or other parents? Like, in your, in your experience of being a father, in your experience of having a father, what is the number one biggest parenting tip you can throw out there? To me, um, it would be... Strive for kindness, uh, soft, playful engagement whenever you can. It, there's there's very little need for um, anger, aggressiveness. Um, I mean, it's up to us to redefine what strength is to our future generations. And that doesn't mean to be... Um, weak or to not understand the importance of being physically fit and standing up for yourself but again we are we are the role models for our children and the the first template we have of what um, being a you know dad or a male figure is it's going to be us so remember that and model every day who you want to be. Um, I think that you can be, you can still be, um, you can set limits, you can still impose discipline, you can still teach lessons, you can still set clear boundaries without being a jerk. Yeah. So, Follow-up question to that, what type of disciplinarian are you in this context? I think that... Um, for me, for sure, his physical safety when he was young was always, like, my main priority. So, teaching that, like, you don't fall downstairs, you don't, like, you know, you don't run across the street, you don't pick up knives. Like, really, like, learning how to operate one's body um, in space. But that's easy. That's just being present and constantly making sure they're, they're good. Um, once kids start learning language and they start to test limits and learn 
you know, behavioral choice and how far can I actually get away with things? Um, I'm, we're really just definitive on consequences ahead of time, but explained. So if you ask for dessert right before dinner, it's like, well, listen, you can't have dessert before dinner. Why? Because it's filled with sugar and because we have, it's our responsibility to give you healthy food. And you, so you can have this afterwards, but not until then. And if he throws a tantrum, it's not engaging. It's not allowing him to manipulate the situation. Mm -hmm. um, it, it requires a lot of patience. It requires a lot of just like stick to itiveness to setting a clear consequence to undesirable behaviors, right? And truth be told, like, um, even with coaching athletes or training animals, almost ignoring, not reinforcing any negative behavior, right? So it's, it's when we yell about things, even though it's, a, it's an aversive experience, it's still providing a reinforcement. So truthfully, like not engaging on any of the undesirable behaviors, unless it's them gonna hurt themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, praising immediately the behaviors that you want them to do. So that's just, that's almost just like the, the click training. The positive reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, it's, I think it's easier on the parents. I, I, you know, certainly strive for that type of, um, I don't know, approach to, to learning anything really. So it naturally follows that to do it as a, with your children, but, I don't know. Again, this is, I think philosophies are very personal and it's more about knowing why you do things, period. And as yeah. long as their well-being is taken care of and they feel loved and supported and they know they're not alone, um, you know, there's a lot of effective ways to do it. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you very much for being here. It's this my pleasure, guys. Um, you're usually I, we also kind of be like, hey, if people want to like follow you, how do you do? Because you're not an entertainer, you want people to kind of leave you the fuck alone, right? Yeah, I mean, don't find my. Yeah, you can you can absolutely um, find me and and reach out and. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what benefit. Need to not like two short strokes off of your golf game. Call Adam. He's gonna get inside your head like a me seeks, and he's gonna help you there. All right. I might be able to do that. Or help him play golf. Get, yeah. Get into curling. Get support into our curling. local uh, Canadian athletes, and just you know, cheer him on as he continues to. Yeah, I like that message a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that um, participating in uh, community sports that are centered around. Um, camaraderie and learning physical literacy and learning like it's just fun and let's not forget that uh, curling rinks have beer yes yep yes yeah. they do <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming down guys. it's my it's pleasure to both right. of you thank you no problem take care cheers And that's our episode, ladies hey, and gentlemen. Hey, yeah, absolutely. Good, good conversation. Uh, uh, intriguing. I hope we inspired you to uh, 
to just treat your children well. But not so well that they become spoiled brats. Wait. We're recording this intro slash outro like a week after we had this interview. Yeah, pretty much. So week. you're like, I should have made like the homework be like, hey, we should re-listen to this interview before we like, <laughs> yeah, probably should have. Because there was a bunch of stuff that was talked about and we were like, hey, hey, that was the thing that happened and stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, crud. Oh, well. Nah, what do you, you guys should have heard it. We don't need to recap it. You go back and listen to it again if you want. <laughs> and go back and listen to other episodes, of course. So, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to all our other episodes. Uh, Mike Damber is recording a fucking album in Kingston. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. coming up here next week. Yeah, next right. week. So, go back and listen to our Mike Damber episode. Yeah, for sure. And if you're in the Kingston area, go uh, go be a, go take some tickets in for Ice Cold Comedy. Yeah. yeah. Josh Williams is out drinking in Scotland with Simon That's Celine right, right now. They are. It is the weirdest Make-A-Wish Foundation photos. Well, because it's a Make-A-Wish for both of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I you guys. Love oh, <laughs> yeah. But he just recorded his album. Josh just recorded his yeah, album. Yeah, he did just record uh, an album. And of January, so that'll be so go back and listen to that episode, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know what? Uh, just thinking about like Simon, we uh, we spent a lot of time in the summer talking about him because of the whole Snoop Dogg Wu Tang incident, yeah. You know, go back, listen to the summer episodes for that drama. Um, <laughs> further drama will unfold well, this year when new, we bring him to. <laughs> I was about to say, I just bought two festival passes to Blues Fest, and Kate's, yeah, you did. Kate's like only planning to come to like three or four nights of that. Give you some money for and, that. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be like on the days where she's not coming, be like 30, 40 bucks come with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to see what happens if I take Simon to Rage Against the Machine. Oh no, that's, that's I will help pay for that ticket. This will be. <laughs> I'm like. You know, wear composite steel toes and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Simon has to wear a helmet for yeah, the oh, entire for concert. Yeah, sure. We have Fuck to... you, we won't do what you told. Simon's brain just crashing against uh, his skull every time he shakes his head <laughs> <yeah>. up. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see it all. Like I'm gonna go pretty much every day. Nice. No, Lannis Morissette. Lannis Morissette. That's great. Actually, I, I want to take Amanda to that. Yeah, it's the Jagged Little Pill 25th Anniversary Tour. Yeah, no, it's great. And my favorite band, and this is going to like date me as an emo from my teenage years, Dashboard Confessionals playing that same night. Oh, yes, I saw that. I was like, yeah, I like that. Uh, Who else is there? Big Wreck and Tea Party. The Tea Party, Big Wreck, Moist, and Headstones are doing the same night together. I know, it's like I'm in high school again. They're also doing the same night as Boys to Men. Oh, ABC, BBD. And Nelly. Oh, Nelly. Really? Yeah. Nelly's coming Nelly's to town? Nelly's coming to town. Wow. Nice. So if you want to I didn't know the rage date, though. I didn't see the rage date. Did you see the yeah, rage date? Yeah, it's the 17th. It's the 17th? Okay. Cool. I'll have to lock that in. Yeah, tickets Tickets for that day alone are 105 bucks. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Is Kate going to rage? Pre- no, she's rage. not going to rage. All right. I am in on that rage. Are you coming to rage? Yeah, I'm coming right, to rage. I'll, I'm already speaking for that now, asshole. I'll give it to you for 50 Done. And some beers. And, of course, some edibles. Well, hey, hey, if we're, we can't say that shit if we're going to travel in the States. I meant snacks. Snacks. Duh. Scooby snacks. Scooby snacks. Scooby snacks. Scooby snacks. All right. Um, what did we learn this week? Yeah, what did we learn this week? Yeah, let's do what we learned. Yeah, we'll do the well, dictionary. Do you know what you learned? Um, I didn't really like debrief with you about what you learned. No. I just got to like debrief with you about what I learned. 
So I'll tell what I learned while you think about what you learned. Yeah, for sure. I learned that weed is saving the bees. Nice. Yeah. Supposedly weed bees. So like the from what I heard on the radio and the way they were talking about it is that the hemp plants that kind of grow alongside a weed crop like out in the field um, has like the sweet pollen that bees love and because it's usually a late blossom in like the end of the summer, yeah. it's at a time when there's not as much uh, pollen for bees to use for their, because a lot of stuff that they, they like comes up in the spring. Yeah. Dandelions right. even. Yeah. Like one of the first ones. So, so having this like new nutrient resource based pollen that's popping up more and more because like legal weed is all over the place. Yeah. So we're seeing bigger weed fields outside, bigger hemp fields alongside yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it has the potential hemp. to save the bee population. That's good. That's and good. bees are important. Uh, myself, I learned this week that, uh, no matter what plumbing project I seem to tackle, I involved myself in three trips to Home Depot. Oh, yeah? That's just something I learned about myself. Um, but Is, did they have, like, the comfy stalls in their washrooms? No. You just need some time away from just the family. From the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Home Depot. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, no. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh. No, and... Um, Erica, I, I, super smarter than I give her credit for, just in everything. She's just, I can't even come up with it right now, just because she, it, it's great to see her, like, be the super helpful one and, like, put stuff together. Hug your kids. That's what I learned this week. Okay. Well, that was a long way to get to hug your kids. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, kind of creepy. No problem. Thanks. Started with plumbing. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And it's with plumbing? Ends with plumbing. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what, right. Time for our dick of the week. Dick of the dick week. Of the week. Our dick of the week, like we said, is not a bad thing. It is an honor. Yep. Um, one bestowed on a father who we recognize has made some headlines in the news. Or just like, just you know, sometimes dude. sometimes they haven't been fathers, right? Because we had like, to- oh, Tony, right, yeah. well, Tony Stark is a fictional father. We had Wombats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just you know good, good news. Good news. Yes, but this this... one is actually a dad because because this guy just had his first daughter back in January of 2020. Right. Um, he's a funny dude, little Mm -hmm. comedian. I I shouldn't have said little. (laughs) (laughs) Brad Brad Williams. Brad Brad Williams Williams. is our dick of the week. Yeah, dick of the week. Um, he's made some uh, a video go viral from the kid in. Australia? I think it's Australia. The the young kid, nine years old, um, crying on wanton. Quantin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we should have done a little bit of research on that. I one, did but... research on it and I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he. Quantin. Quentin? Quentin? One second, I'm Googling Brad Williams. Oh, well, that'll work. Yeah, it will. That's how I got this information well, earlier. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be sarcastic about <laughs> it. That'll work. Like. Oh. <laughs> a lot of people have been sharing this this video in my feed okay. this week. Quaden, Quaden, Quaden Bales, a nine year old from Australia, yep. was being bullied at school because he suffers from dwarfism, just like Brad Williams, just like Brad Williams. Uh, and the mother posted a video on Facebook showing her son um, crying because he'd been bullied, and he was saying that he wanted to kill himself. And this is a nine year old kid, and. Yeah. So Brad retweeted it and set up a GoFundMe account for the kid to try and be like, let's make this kid's day a little bit better. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and he's like, this is what makes me sick. Uh, he wants to get in touch with the family. Uh, and so he's put on this GoFundMe page and it raised $350,000. Or I think it's now over $400,000. It's probably $400K. And originally it was just supposed to be to like send this kid to Disney World, right? And now the kid's going to be able to buy a ride at Disney World. Uh, um. be, able to, be able to buy the kid that made fun of him. Yeah, it's like, I own your parents' house now, bitch. And just, <laughs> move. Move, yeah. Then he just... Bulldozes it. <laughs> no, that's that's it, super great. Thanks, thanks, Brad. Yeah, that's so Brad, Brad stepping up, and like I said, he just had a daughter a month ago, so that's like right. it's nice for him to be doing like because like I don't want we had Maddie. It was like I'm not thinking outside of my own bubble at yeah. this time, but he's still actively engaged with people. And it wasn't even like a kid that was a fan necessarily. Like, no, that was and just, I don't just, think nine year olds should. I don't know. No, well, probably a nine. I don't meet many nine year old comedy fans. And I was supposed to say, like, if you want to know if he's he's that ability for a nine year old or like that the content is appropriate, like go watch a set of the watch. Degenerates. You're probably your best bet. <laughs> I think the Degenerates sets it all off there. Uh, so, yeah, funny well, man, big heart. Funny man, big heart. Um, maybe not literally. Hopefully not literally. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this, this has been a lot of fun this week. Thank you yeah. for joining us. Uh, please rate, like, subscribe, comment, email, share our shit. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at We Got Dad. No, uh, Daddy Issues Daddy Champion, Issues, Champion Kingsbury. Kingsbury. You can find us on Twitter. At we Got Dad Issues. And Instagram. And We Got Daddy Issues. And you can email us at We Got Daddy Issues at gmail.com. Thank Peace you so much. And love and happiness on all of you healthy motherfuckers. Namaste.